listening to From Maker to Manufacturing, a podcast about what it really takes to grow a handmade business. Hey guys, welcome back to From Maker to Manufacturing. I'm your host, Sarah Cooley. This is episode number five. First of all, I want to thank all of you for being so kind after I didn't get a chance to get this episode up last week because of my travel schedule. I really appreciate all the feedback I've been getting on the show and how much you guys are loving hearing these stories of small business owners. So keep it coming. I also wanted to let you know that next week's show will be a Q&A episode. So please send me your questions either on Instagram, you can leave them in the comments, or send me an email, sarah at simplycurated.com, and I'll do my best to answer your question in the next episode. On today's episode, we have a wonderful guest, one of the founders of Baseball Lacelets, Alexis, talked to me about how she started a business with her sister. This episode has some awesome information and it's heavily focused around Instagram and the social media tactics that Alexis used to grow her company. I think this example is particularly interesting because when they started, basically they had one product. It was a bracelet made out of laces that are from a baseball glove, which is not something that many people would have thought of. And yet they've turned it into a fairly successful business and are getting ready to expand. I found Alexis through social media, so I was very interested to hear how they've grown their social media over the years, and I think she gives some really wonderful tips. Let's get into the interview. Thank you for joining me. Hi. Um, so why don't you introduce yourself and a little bit about your company to our listeners at home or probably more likely in their car or at their studio working? Okay. Uh, my name is Alexis Rosenbaum. I'm the co-owner of Baseball Lacelets, which is uh, out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, we're in the middle of a rebranding phase, so we'll actually be relaunching a new brand and new name May 21st. But um for now, we're still baseball lacelets. Ooh, intrigue. What are, <laughs> do you mind telling me what uh, prompted you guys to go through a renaming, or is it just was it too niche? Um, you know, when we first started, we started out as Twenty Three Ten Shop, um, and that was kind of symbolic between my sister and I. And um, then we kind of did things backwards. So we started out at Twenty Three Ten Shop, and then decided to move forward with uh, baseball lacelets to kind of make sure that our followers and customers knew exactly who we were and what we were doing, and to really focus on our um, social media growth. Um, and then over the last year, we've been kind of itching to eventually release um, maybe something new or a new product. Mm -hmm. And we feel like our name can kind of sometimes, our, our current name is the name of a product, not necessarily a business or a brand. So we're ready for phase three and to uh, see what will come of it. Could be a total fail and a total flop, but we're willing to give it our, give it our all, and um, hopefully we can do it the relaunch in a way that encompasses all our customers and makes them come along with us. That's awesome. So why don't you talk a little bit about what your 
kind of original primary product is now, which is the baseball lacelet. And describe what that is to people who may not have seen a photo of it. Uh, I don't know how easy it is to describe over audio, (laughs) but we'll see. So we make bracelets out of the lacing and baseball gloves, and it's a small strip of leather. Um, It's replacement glove lace that we buy from a a glove supplier. So it's actual leather hide that's cut down uh, for baseball glove laces specifically. And um, so we actually make bracelets out of that, and we allow our customers to personalize that that lacelet with uh, statements, memories, uh, field coordinates, location coordinates, and so forth. And um, we're still pretty basic of how we started um, and what we what we offer and so we're hoping that eventually we can start offering um, more things we put on a lacelet beyond just words and statements. How did you come up with the idea to wrap the lacing from a baseball glove around your wrist and then create a whole entire business around it? Um, so it's a I'll try to be short <laughs> about it but <laughs> That's okay. um, My husband and I have been together since high school, and he played seven years of professional baseball. And um, it's kind of difficult being like a really strong-minded individual woman with – I have a lot of energy. I've always, you know, ran little businesses of my own and always done my own thing. And I had spent a whole year of trying to self-reflection, working odd jobs and trying to put myself in multiple opportunities and experiences. Um, And one evening evening I was on Pinterest just like wasting time and I started crying about how uh I don't have my own and you know like why is everyone ahead of me you know I feel like so far behind and everybody's figuring it out you know leaving me behind and so forth so anyway he actually got become became very frustrated with me and uh randomly there was this plastic grocery bag full of glove lace sitting by our front door um that he was getting ready to toss out and so he uh, ended up uh, kind of throwing it at me aggressively and said, you know, stop complaining and start with something very basic and let's make something out of it. So uh, we spent a good two months just fiddling with this leather lacing. I actually was very much against everything that we both came up with. I hated it. I hated it <laughs> that my husband was helping me like I wanted to do it on my own. Um, and so the second phase of working with the leather was actually, um, I felt very lost in who I was and I have four siblings. And so I felt that I wanted to give them something in case they were feeling similarly for the holidays, something they could connect with. And so we ordered a, um, a stamp kit off eBay and I taught myself how to stamp uh, letters and numbers into the leather. And so I, I made everyone in my family one for Christmas. Um, and from there, my sister fell in love with it, and we both agreed that this is something we wanted to see if we could try and, and make a bigger deal out of it than, than Christmas gifts. I think that we all fall victim to that comparison game, and I do think that social media is such a big proponent of that. Even now that you've started a business, you know it's easy to compare yourself to other businesses, to their growth, mm-hmm. to their trajectory, um, and then just in our personal lives, right? It you know, the grass is always greener. It's, I look at all my friends who are married and, you know, starting to have kids and feel really like, you know, I'm falling behind in life. And then they look at me and say, well, you have this company, you know what you want to do. I don't even have, you know, a real career. So there's always somebody else looking over your fence. And I think it's Mm -hmm. good to like be reminded of that. But, you know, something positive can come out of that self-reflection. If you try not to 
stay too long in your mind. Don't dwell on it so much and just try to move forward kind of little by little with whatever ideas that you have. And then also don't take it too seriously. I think it's great that you said you didn't love any of the stuff you came up with. Um, <laughs> try stuff out, but don't be afraid to throw stuff away is I think you right. know, a really good mantra. Yeah, I think too that even today I, I run into people all the time and they think I have it all together and I have this wonderful, amazing life. I work for myself. And even today I just had a discussion with my husband that, you know, the bigger a business gets, the more you start to hand off to other people and then you have this free time again. And it's like you kind of go through that phase again, like, okay, who am I? What am I going to do? What do I like to do for fun? So I think that the faster, the quicker that people, um, women especially, can understand that it's just like a process, the quicker they'll get to that, you know, just feeling happy and being in the moment of uh, whatever they're doing. It's easy to feel like you are growing so fast that you just don't know which what to do next. And especially mm -hmm. when a business does go, grow quickly, you lose your you, you give up so much of yourself into the business and then it's hard to say when you get that back um yeah I think we all kind you don't of, know what to do with it well and it, it's true people look at people might look at you and say oh you're you're doing great you're an entrepreneur you you work for yourself you have your own business and it's not that easy the sacrifice personal financial otherwise mm -hmm. is um it's real like I'm not you know making a ton of money <laughs> right um but I'm putting everything back into the company to hopefully in a few years you know see something that's worthwhile so after you gave these gifts to your family you and your sister decided okay this is something we want to move forward with did either of you have experience you know either making things and selling them online or kind of business experience in general? Neither of us went to college for business. Um, we've been raised in a family of full of entrepreneurs and small business owners. And so we actually grew up our whole lives. Um, there were two things we always played. One was house where we all pretended to be kids and someone was mom. And the other <laughs> game we always played was business. Um, we always had old checks and mail and letters. We would pretend we ran drive-throughs. Um, we made things up. And so actually in our day-to-day -day jobs now, I, I work actually with both my sisters. Every day it's like we're still just playing business. We make up this process and we um, go along with it and it's very fun. So when I gave it to my sister, what we did next was um, we both were like, okay, this, this sounds like a good idea. People are asking us where they can get them. Um, we started wearing them to the gym, to the grocery store. And anytime we ran into someone, we would say, hey, you know, this is something we're going to make. What do you know? What do you think about it? Um, and you have to be careful with that too because some people just are really nice and will say it's a great idea um, and other people might tell you the truth. But it was a good step for us to take because it, it kind of gave us direction that we should at least put it up on the internet and um, see what mm -hmm. we could do. So um, I had recently, two years before, I had actually learned how to use Etsy. I was selling like vintage clothing um, and thrifting items and selling on there, which was always really fun, more of a hobby. So that's why we started on Etsy. I kind of knew how to use the platform um, and that went really well for us. Uh, so that's how we started. Neither of us really had any experience we kind of just always went with what our gut felt right and um tried to ask around and, and use utilize the correct mentors when you started selling on etsy how did you 
get people to your Etsy shop? Was it still just like walking up to them and being like, hey, we sell this on Etsy. Here's a card. Do you want to buy it? Or were you receiving some kind of more organic traffic from the platform itself? We don't think that we got much of anything from Etsy, honestly, traffic wise. Um, What we did first was we uh, we knew that social media, specifically Instagram, was a, a really good way to market. And so we started following um, all of these people who really had no relevance to even what we were doing, you know, like stay at home moms who were making headbands, um, baby blankets, like uh, companies and so forth, like those types of Instagram accounts. And we actually sent out some lacelets to some major league baseball wives and just asked them to like, give us some feedback, you know, if sent them a little card that said, tweet about us, tag us on Instagram, um, And so we started uh, with Instagram and actually with every single order that was placed when they they were coming in very slowly at first, we made little cards on Vistaprint um, that just said simply, we want to see you in your lacelet, tag us on Instagram. And um, people really took to that. And I think that that really helped us uh, showcase our customer in our product. And then we spent a lot of time on Instagram showcasing our process and um, behind the scenes types of thing. How did you get in contact with the Major League Baseball wives in order to send them stuff? Did you know somebody or was it just like through a PR agency or? Um, I actually, I, because my husband played pro for a while, I'm a part of a very like top secret group um, where women in in pro sports can go and ask very confidential questions or um, regarding information about different cities. And so I have, I have a very, uh, close knit of good girlfriends within that group who, um, that's who we sent those out to first. And then it's grown from there. Okay. That makes sense. I forgot that piece <laughs> of the puzzle. I was like, wait, yeah, how do fine. you, uh, find these people? What year was it when you started to see those sales trick- trickle in from Etsy? Is that 2013 or 2014? It was actually, we launched in February of 2014 and our very first sale was May Fong. She's one of my best friends who I've never even met in person. Like she's <laughs> one of my best friends via social media. Um, she was the very first person to ever buy from us. So, uh, and then I'm pretty sure our whole family bought after that. <laughs> just kind of trickled from there. No, I ask because I think that the year has a lot to do with like the social media strategy and how effective that strategy was at, in that at that point in time because now like for my company we recently started finally got my act together and designed little cards you know that have the Instagram tag on um, in them but we don't see nearly as many people posting as like you know companies that had started campaigns like that a couple years ago so I think that it's important to understand the current relevance of like the platform and what people are really doing when you decide to start working with influencers on social media or whatever and I think sometimes it's easy to look at what somebody did on you know Instagram or any other social media platform but it's important for our listeners to remember to take into account the time that that was 2014 Instagram was hotter than it is now I'm, I'm just gonna estimate mm-hmm. um but and it was easier to get that kind of organic. People didn't feel like they were being sold to. Where now with advertising, people are, I think, more wary of, oh, you want me to do this because you want me to promote your brand. So I think it's a, a different right. climate. But um, so everyone, people need to keep in mind that, you know, what somebody did might not always work exactly the same for you. If it's if the platform is just different or has changed or, you know, 
everyone's talking these days about all of the Instagram changes, but just measure what you're doing and how it's affecting, you know, your sales and your growth. I would say uh, today when we first started, you're, you're right in what you're saying. When you first started, we sent out cards that just said tag us. Now our big thing, you know, this year our focus is handwritten cards um, because we feel like our customers, they want to have that like connection. They want to feel like they know who we are and they're a part of our business and that their purchase is going towards, you know, people that they believe in and, and want to support. And so we try to give them, um, you know, gratitude via handwritten cards. And those handwritten cards, we get more photos of handwritten cards than the actual product. That's awesome. Uh, nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. It's important, I think, for people to realize, I think, once you have seen some growth, um, people might come across your account and say, oh, they have this many followers. This is probably a huge company. So it's important to keep showing them, no, we're just these, you know, three or four women, you know, mm-hmm. working day in and day out, making these by hand. So I think that it's good to show your customers who you are, what you do, and don't be afraid to show your space, to show where you're really at. When when I was making candles in my parents' basement, I felt more like it was a fake it till you make it. I didn't photograph that. I didn't show anybody that. I was like almost embarrassed of that it was just me trying to always make the company feel bigger than yeah. it actually was. But I think more people might have been willing to support knowing it was just one person or knowing it was you know, just this small little operation. So... Mm-hmm. you know people shouldn't be afraid of whatever stage you're at celebrate that stage and show, share that with your customers definitely. because they're super supportive and they just you know want you to succeed definitely I agree so I I'm in love with your Instagram that's how I initially found you guys and I noticed um I mean you guys have great photography has Thank photography you. become like a really important part of your branding and keeping you know keeping it interesting and fresh when you sometimes it feels like even for me I feel like I can't post another picture of another candle yeah (laughs) it's hard to you feel like it's redundant but then again you know if you follow what customers are liking they keep liking the same kinds of photos over and over again so kind of what's your strategy behind the the visuals for the brand uh, our number one of our strategies is that we always try to keep up with whatever new product is is coming out. Uh, I know the new hot thing is a company called Letterfolk, and they're these um, old styled like letters that you slide on like a black um, background. Mine's upstairs actually, but um, people are raging over them and including them in all of their flat lays. So we enjoy like trying to keep up with new companies. How are they photographing their product? What's separating them from other companies that have maybe been around and um, trying to keep up with what's new. And then um, our photography, uh, you know, had, had started out with just our, with just our iPhones um, and using basic editing apps and then we actually met a photographer while we were in Florida. Her name's Catherine Coons, and she's absolutely amazing. She's in college, and she's just a hustler. She just gets it. Um, I can tell her my vision, and she just captures it. Actually, while she's photographing, f- photographing the whole time, I'm kind of like, are we getting this? Is this going to turn out good? <laughs> like, I can't really get a feel for how I'm looking right now, you know, or like, is the vision? And then she sends me the photos, and I'm every time I'm like, Catherine, what in the hell? Like, how did you do that? Like, you just captured everything I told you to capture. Um, so Catherine's been great to us. We met her last spring, so uh, 
March of 2014. And since then, she's become a great friend. Um, we try and see her regularly. And then recently, my sister purchased her own camera and actually has been paying for personal sessions with Catherine to learn how to capture images similar to her and her editing style so that everything kind of flows. Uh, one, The last time we saw Catherine, her advice to us was to try and make our Instagram. She's younger than me, so I, I want to hear what she has to say about social media. <laughs> and her... Um, her advice was to make our Instagram flow uh, together and to kind of be matching, um, which was great advice because our editing style, like our Instagram was very kind of messy. And so the last few weeks, we've been trying really hard to make sure our photos match the previous photo because I think people really enjoy that um, togetherness look. So um, photography is definitely my sister, my co-owner, Hannah's, Hannah's thing that she's working on her task. It's a great tip, and I heard that a, a little while ago, maybe, maybe like a year ago, the whole you know consistency in in the grid because when a new follower clicks over to your page because either they search for something or they saw you somewhere else or whatever, they click on it. The first thing they see is not full screen the last photo you posted. It's those top nine, you know, mm-hmm. pictures, and and they want to, they should be able to kind of instantly get a feel for oh, this is my vibe or, or you know, this is not something I'm going to be into. So being consistent, it's super beneficial. And you'll start to see the just the increase in followers just because of that consistency and that clarity. They know what to expect from you. I'm going to follow this account. It means I'm going to get sunny, happy pictures, slightly fashion-related, and baseball stuff. Like if they can get that in those first nine photos at a glance, then they can make that decision, yes, I want to follow or, or no. Mm-hmm. And if it's confusing or if it's like, I don't know, then there's some food and then there's some pictures of her baby. And then there, you know, like if, when I see companies, but you know, I think some people who are business owners, they're like, Oh, I don't want it to just be all about the business. I want to inject some of my personality. And that works to a certain extent, but it can't just be, I'm on vacation. So the next 12 pictures are going to be me on the beach and there's nothing to do with my business at all. Like it doesn't really work that way. You can interject little things here and there, but overall, like you guys, you guys are doing a really great job of keeping it consistent and, uh, on brand. And I think people know what to expect, you know, when they follow you guys. Thank you. I I think our main focus is that, you know, the ballpark is this happy place, um, where you can have all the hot dogs, all the popcorn, um, you can, (laughs) drink all the soda and beers that you want. You can be as loud as you want. You can go with your dad. You can go with your best friends. You know, you can take your dog sometimes to the ballpark. And we want to capture all of those feelings and, um, you know, what it's like to go to the ballpark in our photos and in our product and our brand. And we want to communicate that, you know, what you feel at the ballpark can be real life every day. (laughs) So... Because of that, do you see a certain – is there a certain, like, seasonality around your business with baseball season? I, I, I remember seeing a picture, like, a couple posts back where you were like, it's almost opening day, and I feel like you guys capture that whole spirit. But what do you do in the wintertime? How do you keep the business going, or do sales just kind of drop off and you just go with the flow of that? Oh, when we first started, everyone gave us that warning, you know, like, okay, if things are going well these months, you know, be weary of of the off season and what that will look like for you. And honestly, um, our slowest month is January, which follows, you know, schedule with retail regularly. January is like a a dead month. 
Um, but the off season didn't really slow down very much. Obviously March and April are like Christmas all over again because it's spring training. (laughs) Um, and it does slow down a little bit after that, but honestly, last year we were able to really keep a steady flow of orders all the way through and even into Christmas. And I think that's because of the spirit of baseball is such a spirit of, um, America and like, you know, having just this positive camaraderie, um, you know, happy, euphoric type of feeling. And we try to, to keep that going, um, all through the off season. So, uh, I'm interested to see how this off season goes. This, this is year three. So we'll see how, how sales go this year for us. I think it just goes to show that when you're passionate about something, something like baseball, that really it, for so many people, whether they participated in the sport firsthand or not, it it evokes so many memories, so many warm feelings. So it's kind of, I don't want to say easy because that's not really fair to the work that you guys have done, but I think that it's wonderful or like it, it can be a way to recover like that feeling of summer, like in the winter, like you can encourage them to like you know, it's it's that nostalgia that you can hold on to year round. It doesn't really necessarily go away. And you guys can do cool things. I mean, you did some Valentine's Day promotions and, you know, it's a fun, it's a fun Sometimes thing. we struggle because we really want to be baseball. Like we really want to be a baseball brand. Um, and sometimes we struggle. Like we have Earth Day is coming up and we really want to celebrate Earth Day with our customers with this really cool new lacelet that we're working on. But we, my sister and I both are like, how does this fit in with baseball? We're like, oh, you know, the earth provides bats. The earth provides, like, the field you play on. So we're, you know, we struggle back and forth with what, how, you know, how can we make this work? But I think, like you're saying, if you're always authentic and it makes sense to your customers and it doesn't seem so forced, um, you know, you can keep it, you can keep it going. So I I saw recently that you guys participated in a major league baseball trade show and Mm -hmm. I didn't, I know a lot about wholesale and I know a lot about trade shows and I didn't even know that was a thing probably because it's just not my universe. (laughs) So I'm so curious as to a, what does that, what does that mean and who attends the trade shows as, you know, buyers and kind of, if you can give me some information on that and then just how did it go for you guys? How was the whole experience compared to maybe more traditional, wholesale? Uh, The Major League Baseball trade show was uh, a goal of ours, and we um, really wanted to have a presence there, but the expense was... the expense was was a lot for us to think about. So we actually, before we had gone to that trade show, went to the My Baseball trade show. And um, it was a probably one of the best decisions we've ever made. We made all of the correct contacts um, with people there who then carried over to Major League Baseball um, winter meetings and trade show. So they actually helped us um, get a, a really good spot um, outside of like the new vendors section. So we actually were a first year vendor and didn't have to go there. Um, someone had made a call for us to move us up towards the front, which was really awesome. Um, the experience was great. We had to build an entire display, a whole, you know, 10 by 10 display. And that was interesting to see, you know, like, can we effectively communicate who we are through a display? What do we want to bring? Um, it was interesting. Uh, we got to meet a lot of people. It's mostly a male-dominated event um, just because it's baseball. So that was interesting dynamic for us to be pretty much the only women on the floor. There are a handful of women there. Um, there are women there trying to get jobs, and there are some women working for companies. But 
majority of, uh, of people there are men. So the buyers are actually mo- all the teams, um, majority of the teams. There are some smaller level, like independent baseball teams there. Um, we did sell some wholesale orders to some facilities who give baseball lessons. Um, so they might have like a clientele of 300 kids who get lessons and they bought from us. So we didn't necessarily come out making a ton of money from the show, but we made a lot of great connections. Um, we had a great time and we definitely brought awareness to who we were and that, you know, we were the new and upcoming product that wanted to get into ballparks. Uh, we did land our first major league baseball team, which is the Miami Marlins. So our product is actually in their team store. And then we landed in two minor league teams, which are the Indianapolis Indians in Indiana and the San Jose Giants in California. So um, that's been an interesting experience for us and something new. We haven't really done a whole lot of wholesale. So um, that's been fun. But the trade show is great. We we really had an eye-opening experience. Um, we got to walk through the job fair and see what it was like to, you know, um, interview for internships and uh, so forth in baseball. And then we did meet some some great people. My sister and I are very, very good at making ourselves. We're not afraid to um, wear bright lipstick and make our hair super big and, and wear heel boots and walk into a room and, you know, kind of like we are here. So um, we, we definitely had a good time and made great contacts. It was, it was an interesting event. Well, it's exciting that you got into one major league stadium and I think that the, how it does there will be a really good marker for you to go forward and say, look, that, you know, it did this at this, mm-hmm. you know, this last season. And um, I, I think that if you can capture that market of, you know, baseball related products for women, and I think this is a problem in in national and major sports kind of across the board is that there are sports that women are fans of, but you go into like the team store and the women's section is all just like, it's bad. Bedazzled it's, and yeah, it's glitter. like either really it's pink. Like- <laughs> yeah. It's like really pink and there's sparkly stuff or it's just, you're going to buy a dude's t-shirt and just wear it or cut it off yourself, whatever it is. Right. Like, yeah. So I think that if you can capture that attention there, there is a market and there, sh- or at least there should be, buyers that are looking for good product for women, um, you know, to rep their teams, to rep their their love of the sport. Have you thought at all about more traditional wholesale? I know you guys want to be a baseball company, but marketing it more as just a great bracelet, you know, for women just to go into casual women's boutiques and, and that kind of thing? Um, we haven't really. And our our market is really like 40-60, so 40% are men and 60% are women. So we have a ton of men who wear our product, um, a ton of like really well-known um, baseball players in both major leagues and minor leagues. Um, and then we have this huge following of women also. And, you know, women, our, our sales pitch kind of at winter meetings at the Major League Baseball trade show is that women hold the money. Women make the financial decisions for families. And so if you're going to sell something, you need to know how to sell it to a woman. And, and then she's going to buy for her whole family. And um, that kind of worked for us a little bit there. People, the men were kind of like, you, you know, you are right. My wife does make all of our financial decisions. <laughs> so um, I think that for now, we will stay true to baseball and um, stick with it being a, a baseball bracelet and uh, ride it out as long as we can. 
Um, and then with the rebrand and the relaunch, you know, we're excited to release a couple new products that we're hoping will will make sense to our customers and go along with what we're doing. Um, and we'll see how that goes. See if we're if we're bigger than one product, or you know, or if we're not. I don't know. So with the rebrand, is it still going to be all very baseball focused? Um. There will always be a hint of baseball in everything we do. Um, it may not. I think what our goal is is to have a brand that doesn't necessarily scream baseball. So most of the things, most of the items that a, you know a, a ballpark team store you can buy scream. You know, I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan, um, and we really like the lacelet because it's a very subtle way to say you know I like baseball, and um, it ties me back to the game. You know that I mm-hmm. so much love, and so. We hope to release products that may not always scream, you know, I'm a big fan, but that will um, evoke those game day feelings um, that you have when you go to the ballpark. So looking forward, this is a little hard because I feel like you guys are about to go through a major change, so it's uh-huh. hard for you to necessarily like say, you know, too much or not. But, you know, what excites you the most about the future of the company? I'm most excited for the opportunity as a business owner and the potential of what, you know, something that I've created with my sister um, on our own and the opportunity and potential to create even more and just what that's like and that feeling of of creating something that people want and people want to wear. And, you know, we have customers who buy, have bought like 18 times um, with us. And so it's really reassuring. Um, it's very fun. It's fun to create something that people want and want to keep buying. So I'm excited for the opportunity to um, try out my skills as a businesswoman and actually prove to myself I am bigger than one product and um, you know I could do whatever I want in my life um, from this experience. So I'm mostly excited about that. Uh, the business and the brand wise, I'm excited about being a legitimate brand um, and, you know, like not being a, a product, but actually being a legitimate business uh, and hopefully standing out in a male dominated world that we know what we're doing and uh, we're going to kill it with whatever we put out there. So, well, I think you've done a really awesome job already to exist as a brand even if it might not feel like it to you or like Mm -hmm. you might feel like oh it's still just this primarily this one product um you know I want to reassure you like I would give yourself more credit than that it's hard I think we're always our toughest critic and for for a long time I was you know down on my own packaging or whatever always feeling like I know this could be better and but you've done really amazing with you know to have just one product but still feel like this whole cohesive lifestyle that you're selling, even if you're still only selling the one thing, I think you guys have done an amazing job. It's really awesome. Thank you. Thank you. What do you think is the biggest misconception that people have when they get the idea to start a business and they're like, okay, we're going to do this. What do you think really trips people up along the way or what did you experience that you definitely didn't expect? Uh, things don't happen overnight, um, that I think it's easy, especially with how, you know, you can get on social media or you can go to a website and you can see how instantly beautiful things seem. You know, you can go to an Instagram account and see that they have 60,000 followers and some people get that instant 
um, success. And some people are just very lucky that the right person gives them some sort of shout out, you know, and then they instantly have 335,000 followers. But um, the beauty in running your own business is that it's a process and that it takes time and that your to-do list is never actually done. And it's taken me a while to understand that I would stay up till midnight, you know, like if I could just get this just if I could just get these 10 things done, you know, tomorrow will be easier. And I'd wake up and I'd have 10 more things on my list to do that day. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to fall in love with the fact that I've created something for myself and now my sisters that we always have something to do um, and that it takes time. So um, that's definitely been something I've struggled with and have tried to fall in love with. Uh, that that it's a process and that things happen over time, especially with this rebrand. I'm like ready to see it come together. I'm ready to tell people about it, but it takes time um, and to just trust the process for sure. My favorite, one of my favorite quotes is it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. And I think it's so easy for people to look at, especially with social media, which I think that this problem, because it keeps coming up in episode after episode, but it's because it's one of the primary reasons I started this show is, you know, Instagram is a marketing tool and we all want our Instagrams to be pretty and to look, you Mm -hmm. know, to project the best version of ourself. But you know, there's so much more to running a business. It's so, there's so much, there's just so much more. It's so much messier and there's more nitty gritty and there's more sleepless nights and stress and anxiety and, um, low balance alerts in your bank account. (laughs) You know, people need to, not that it's, it's like my responsibility to make everybody understand how hard it is to run a business. And I don't want to become like a Debbie Downer either. Cause I, I couldn't do anything else at this point. I can't imagine going back to a regular job. I honestly can't, but it's, um, it's more for the other business owners that are just starting out and who might look at your business or mine and say, Hey, how come I'm not doing this and this and this yet how come I am not you know whatever why can't I be as big as they are you know it takes time and you don't realize how much time it takes until you're in it and you're looking back and you're like wow I finally feel like I've achieved x but that took four times longer than I thought it was going to we always used to get asked you know like how did you do this like how how did you get to where you are like what what did you do and my answer was probably really irritating to people but you just do it. Like you just get started. You write things down. You talk to people. Um, you wear your product. You you have to eat, live, and you know want to share it. And I always tell people when they ask me, you know, I have this idea. Like just get started. You know, start with the basics. Start with the most minimal product and let people give you feedback. Let people tell you that it's a terrible idea. You know, like just put it out there. You'll never know. And just get started. Um, do the back work. Don't be afraid to spend a couple hours here and there, you know, like jotting down, you know, your mission and your vision and your goal um, and just get started. That's such great advice because I think so many people get tripped up by, oh, but don't I need to file a patent, file a trademark, get mm-hmm. a lawyer, like, you know, form an LLC or whatever. Like I was two years into my business before I formed an LLC. Like it's not, you know, it's not. It's not that it's it's not necessary. Of course, you should if you're great at bureaucracy and doing things the right way, by all means, but don't let that be the excuse that you don't you know right. start or try and don't try to file a patent on something that 100 people haven't already bought. 
Right, exactly. Because you, if you don't know the people want it, why don't <laughs> don't try to like you know not tell anybody about your big idea because you're afraid they're going to steal it or something. I don't know. People can get really stuck in their own heads, and I think feedback is so important. Mm-hmm. Show it to your family and friends. Have them wear it, eat it, smell it, whatever it is that applies to yeah. your product, and and ask them, did they like it? How much would they pay for it? You know, those kinds of questions are really important in the beginning and and don't be afraid to put yourself out there because it might be not the idea, it, but there might be another one right around the corner and if you could get through this one and realize that it's bad and you shouldn't spend your time on it, you, maybe you can get to like the next thing that might be, you know, right. your big thing. Okay, we have a couple rapid fire questions for the end. Okay. Who is the first person you go to for advice, business or otherwise? My mom. Oh, I love that answer. She's awesome. She she um, divorced my dad and got a job in car sales and learned how to do finance. She barely, she'd tell you, she barely graduated high school. She learned how to do the financing for cars and then um, married my stepdad and now they own um, one of the top uh, construction companies that builds Walmarts. So she's just very wow. smart and she just has just a good natural business mind. So my mom for sure. If you were starting your business from scratch today, what would you do differently? Hmm. You can answer I nothing. I, can, <laughs> I would say nothing. I think that I have done everything right to this point, except this year I did not pay quarterly taxes. Pay quarterly taxes. <laughs> yeah. My my other tip is even if you're, you know, like you said, oh, you didn't know, it would be make friends with a CPA. It really yes. doesn't cost that much more to have someone do your taxes or look over your books every once in a while. And that's a person you can call for advice when you have questions about your cash flow, questions about financing options. You know, it's good to have that person in your corner. It took me longer than than it should have to find that person and hire them, but um, it's worth it. Okay, last one. What's more important, dreams or plans? I would say plans are very important. I think dreams can follow plans. If you have even just a small plan, um, I'm a big routine person. So even if all my plan is, is I'm going to get up at a certain time and put on what makes me feel good, um, you know, put a little mascara on to make me feel awake and have coffee, that that plan and that routine is going to carry over to whatever my dreams are. And it will help those dreams um, become reality. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Why don't you tell people where they can follow you online, where they can check out your product and buy a lacelet for themselves. Give people all the info. Um, You can buy a lacelet. Um, You can customize your own at www.baseballlacelet.com. It's B-A-S-E-B-A-L-L-L-A-C-E-L-E-T.com. Um, and then you can follow us on Instagram if you'd like at baseball underscore lacelet. Uh, we post all kinds of fun photos on there and we um, announce all of our sales and promos going on as well. So Awesome. And I will link all of uh, Alexis's social media and the website in uh, the show notes um, on the blog post. Uh, but thank you so much for joining me. I really yes. appreciate it. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having us. Bye. Thank you. Bye.
Thanks for listening to episode five of From Maker to Manufacturing. I'm your host, Sarah Cooley. As always, you can check out the show notes and more information about each guest and past episodes at frommakertomanufacturing.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Sarah Cooley or check me out on Instagram at Simply Curated. As always, you can send me an email or a comment on Instagram with your questions. Don't forget about next week's Q&A episode. Thanks for listening and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.